You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, we're here today to discuss another one of the free agency positions the Ravens might consider dabbling in, and that's cornerback. Here to discuss it with me, Connor Hartman again. Connor, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you, Ken? 
Thanks for joining us. Uh, outstanding preparation, as always, in terms of the spreadsheet I get from Connor, as always, uh, very thorough in terms of, of going through uh, both the UFAs and uh, the the available, the players who may become available due to cuts. So did a lot of work with, well, why don't you tell people your method before I blab it all for you? Sure. So effectively, kind of how I saw it was that a lot of the outlets they kind of hit a vague understanding of the free agent process and the potential cuts. Maybe they'll talk about a player or two from one team, um, maybe like a player and an unrestricted free agent, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to really take a deep dive, take all the players at a position group, look at all the potential cuts, look at all of the free agents, and then look at their grading the last couple of years, look at some of their measurables, just things of that nature to get a whole list of player, like a player pool that the Ravens could potentially draw from. It's great stuff. And, uh, and I would encourage people who are doing any analytic work on football to approach it from a every and all basis. Uh, it's very dangerous. If you, if you just look at clips, you kind can try and convince yourself, you build a narrative and then you, you look for more clips to try and convince yourself of that narrative. Uh, what Connor's done here is, is exactly the kind of thing I would recommend for analysts who are, who are, uh, uh, you know, wanting to get into this field or wanting to do it. And, and, uh, you know, it's good work. It really needs to be commended on exactly that basis. Connor, let's start with the current situation with the Ravens at cornerback. Cause we're going to talk about that first. And, uh, excuse me, uh, Ravens have Marlon Humphrey. We hope he'll be returning at full strength uh, after his injury during the season. Yeah, and um, I think he probably will. I feel like generally those, uh, I think he had a shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. It was either shoulder or chest. Oh, yeah, a pectoral injury. Yep. I think those injuries generally players can come back from. It's the knee and Achilles injuries that are a little bit you know, more scary. Um, Same with some of the ankle injuries too, especially for the uh, speed positions like corner. Right. And speaking of an Achilles injury, of course, Marcus Peters at the other corner. Uh, Eric DeCosta is talking like he's going to be a Raven this year. Um, I'm still, I'll believe it when I see it. Obviously the Ravens have a lot of cap tied up in him. I think for it to work, he kind of has to be extended. So his his cap hit for 2022 can be reduced. Uh, great player, obviously two All Pro years with the Ravens uh, prior to this Achilles injury. Uh, has been a guy who generally has not missed a lot of time in his career, and um, you know, heck of a football player. And the Ravens, in the way they used to like to play defense, really love to have a player like uh, Peters. Like there were a lot of them, they love to have Peters because he was a great gambler on one side of the field who could take advantage of what the Ravens were doing. And that's what the Ravens were really missing in the uh, last year was I think they had some, there was some statistic early in the season that I saw that the Ravens had forced like the highest punt percentage in the NFL, but had one of the lowest turnover ratios. Right. And a lot of that probably has to do with Peters being out the whole year. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it does. And then you look at it, and Anthony Averett, the guy who replaced him, you know, led the team in interceptions. But it, the Ravens only had, I think, something like two interceptions or three interceptions in the last nine games. I know Chuck Clark had a couple late that might have reversed that slightly, but they went about a nine-game period with two interceptions. That's so un-Ravens-like. 
in terms of you know what we know of the of the Reed years, the great defenses and whatnot. And of course, the results were very un, un Ravens like in terms of the passing game as well. Yeah, and I think that's really an aspect of defense that's a little bit underrated sometimes is the um, turnover generation. I think that one guy who kind of on the other side of the spectrum that maybe isn't as good at being a shutdown corner, but is really good at getting interceptions is Trayvon Diggs. And we saw him get a lot of national praise last year from, I think he had some ridiculous streak of interceptions. Right. To, st- to start his career there. Um, so he ended up, I think he ended up with 11 maybe for the year, but definitely he's a, he's a gambler in the mold of a Peters where he accepts more targets, takes more risk. And if he plays on a great defense ever, or really, you know, top pass rush and whatnot, he'll be very scary. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, the Ravens have some other guys, obviously that still need to be, there are questions. Uh, Tavon Young, Probably is not returning. The Ravens haven't said so officially, as far as I know. They haven't cut him yet, but he's got a cap hit of about five point eight five million that they can uh, uh, unload. His cap hit's actually higher than that, but his but the but the salary that they can unload is about five point eight five million. Um, Anthony Averett is a guy who I expect to hit free agency and be one of the one of the corners that a lot of teams are after. So we'll see what his number is like if he's reasonable. The Ravens should certainly try and get him back. I, I always say with players like this, it's good that the Ravens send them to the market with a good baseline number that they can come back to. You know, and, and Ozzy Newsom had a very friendly but firm way of saying, "Hey, we we'd love to have you back, but we're a little we're 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 not at the right place in terms of where we agree your your value is. But we want to give you something to go to the market with." Go to the market, establish your own value, and then come back to us and see if we can match it. And and it's it's the best we can do here. But in Averett's case, maybe they offer him four million dollars a year or whatever for three years, and that's less than he'll get. But he goes to the market, and maybe he gets it from somebody else uh, at eight million, or maybe he gets it at seven million. Whatever the case, he'll he he can start the bidding kind of at what the Ravens are offering him, and and improve the comp pick that they can get. Hey, I mean, I would absolutely take Averett back for four million a year. Okay. Yeah, of course. I mean, the uh, the ultimate issue with this position group that the Ravens are going to be facing, and especially if they extend Peters or, or if they keep Tavon, is that they're getting a really expensive secondary with Humphrey generating mm-hmm. about to be, you know, twenty twenty million about APY, and if they ultimately end up, you know, doing a simple restructure of his deal to free up some cap space this year, that's only going to increase the cap hit going forward. Right. So it's there. This is a position that likely they're going to take a couple swings in the draft, but I don't think that it, you know, precludes them from taking a guy in free agency or um, a salary cap cut either. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Chris Westry, uh, very physically imposing corner. Uh, at six four, you know there just are not very many his size and that have his speed. Amazingly, he's already you know been been cut by Dallas or let loose by Dallas in some method once. Uh, he ends up here. He's an RFA this year. The Ravens may have some difficulty re-signing him. Now he he didn't have a season that impressed necessarily the rest of the NFL world, but he certainly had flashes with the Ravens uh, in terms of being a very big physical corner and a, and a fast guy too. 
Uh, I'd love for the Ravens to keep him. I don't know if they're going to be able to come, able to come to an agreement on salary. Well, luckily, Westry is a restricted free agent this year. So if they just give him an original round tender, I think that will likely be in the two point five to three million dollar cap it range. Which, for somebody with his skill set, I think uh, I'm looking right here at some, his draft profile. Mm-hmm. He is six uh, four with almost thirty four inch arms, yep. and he ran a four three one at his pro day, which is insane. That should that right there that should tell you that player should have all sorts of interest and suitors. All three of those characteristics are just so far out of the ballpark for an NFL corner. By the way, you mentioned the thirty four inch arms. That's enormously important. It's it's probably every bit as important as it is for an offensive tackle because when you are tight with a ball carrier, uh, sorry, with a receiver, and there's a contested catch, those arms play at that length. So you're 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 oftentimes you're on you're on the body of the receiver, and there's a much higher chance of getting a pass deflection or of denying him the football in a, in other ways, or even denying him the football after the catch by getting to a high point when you have those long arms that Westry has. I'm very impressed with him physically as a corner. Oh yeah, no, it's it's great, and if the Ravens can continue to develop him, as you know, I guess they think they can. Um, hence why he actually made the roster last year. I think that. Yeah, he could end up being a great corner in Baltimore for many years in the future. And uh, something that's really needed to be looked at is the wide receivers in the AFC North. I mean, in particular, what I kind of looked at is Jamar Chase. And he's big body, six foot, you know, but I think he's six foot and a half maybe. And he has... uh, blistering speed at his pro day i think it was similarly it was like a four three four now putting three things in context i went through the entire un, unrestricted free agent class and all the potential cuts put together the 40 yard dash for every single player and i think that westry might be the only guy that can um, outrun chase on the uh, 40 which is crazy Right. We know that doesn't mean everything at the top of the route and whatnot. Jamar Chase is, is elusive and he runs he, he runs good routes and he's he's going to have better short area quickness than pretty much anyone. But uh, but that's uh, that being the case, he still represents a good guy who can create a, a, a difficult to deal with interception radius, if you want to call it, or pass deflection radius, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, that he can lay over top of a of a receiver. So I, I I like having him around. I think it's also important that the Ravens get younger at the position. It obviously means they're going to have to have draft picks. But Westry, in year four, is one of the only guys uh, you know among the group right now we're talking about that that's really a younger player. Averett moving into year five. Obviously, that's why he's a free agent. Tavon, uh, Humphrey, Peters are all older guys. And then we didn't we didn't mention Jimmy Smith yet. Um, in terms of uh, you know what exactly his situation might be for 2022. Yeah, with Smith, I probably think that he's ultimately just going to retire. And if he doesn't, the Ravens will be the only place that will right. bring him back. And it will likely be uh, for a vet minimum deal, so uh, about a million dollars or so. And they'll have him on speed dial for when things go south during the season, if, there's, if there are injuries again that 
um, you know, bring that up. So I, I, I don't, I, I think there's a reasonable chance he, he, he will be back. Now the Ravens have, have lost some corners who had some promise over the last few years, most notice, most notably Darius Williams to the Rams, uh, because they just didn't have roster spaces for all these guys. But you always got to think about getting younger at a position like corner where speed is so important that degrades over time. You're not going to, you know, your, your older corners are not going to be as fast. Peters is getting by on, on his wiliness uh, at this point, I think, when he returns. Uh, Tavon, to a certain degree, had, had lost something in terms of speed this last season. Even though he had his best season, he, he was able to, to, to get through it, um, you know, effectively. Uh, but also the Ravens, you know, cannot afford to have a – you know, season of walking dead at the end of the year in the secondary. And those guys, you know, were terrible down the stretch. Uh, Kevon Seymour is, is being brought back to camp. He's signed. Um, and, and he's not that old, but, but he's not the, you know, he's not the, the kind of youth they, they want certainly. And then one of the guys was older and I'm forgetting his name. I want to say Worley, but that's not right. Is it? The, uh, um, well, there is Iman Marshall who has been injured the last two years. Who's, this is his fourth season. Well. He's missed three. I think, it's his, I think it's third. Is it? Is it fourth? Really? Wow. We will. We will check. We will check his draft year. But I'm pretty sure he's he's gone three for three missing years. So I don't see a, a situation where he's around. But we we'll, you, you could be right. Let's take a look. Amon Marshall was drafted. Yeah, in, in 2019 in the fourth round. So this is his fourth season. Okay. Well. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I similarly don't expect a lot from Marshall. Um, mm-hmm. If they get anything out of him, that's that'd be great. I mean, they crazier things have happened. Yeah, it's true, and and you know we've the 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 one guy who never really performed on his initial draft contract with the Ravens, and then amazingly was a better player after that for the Ravens, and then went elsewhere and had a, had a somewhat decent career. That guy's Dwan Edwards, and just a very incredibly strange career. It's a little bit def- different at defensive line. They, you know, you can last longer and get by with, uh, you know, more strength than real speed uh, at there. But, but just a, a terrible player in his early years for the Ravens, who who became a valuable player in his last couple of years with the Ravens, and then went on and, and had a long career in the NFL. A lot of it with the Panthers. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Rashad Perriman's still kicking around, and uh, yeah, he has like a hundred yard game every year or so. So it's, <laughs> it's crazy things have happened. Yeah, hopefully they uh, they can get a guy who has some durability. I mean, this, this defensive backfield really needs it. Uh, so let's talk UFAs here for a second. Obviously, the draft is a is a good possibility where the Ravens probably take swings. Uh, I think they have you know multiple players here that could be not on this team and. Uh, the extent of the turnover could be largely determined by the by the draft, I think, in terms of uh, who's not back this coming year. Um, you know, one of the one of the interesting things about the Peters situation before we move on to the UFAs is that the Ravens went out of their way not to extend Peters during this last season. And the team was desperate for cap, as we know. They they were absolutely desperate for cap. Um, fortunately, you know, this is a move that given how the season wore down for the Ravens and, you know, with all the injuries, that team was not going anywhere in the postseason. So it, it was nice that they didn't end up, spe- you know, spending the last dollar, making turning over every stone to, to 
pick up cap. They, they actually made a, a good balanced judgment about not doing that. Um, but the, the, uh, the Peter situation may be a little bit telling. They may have telegraphed their hand a little bit by saying, hey, we didn't extend him last year because we want to make sure we get the full value of his cut next year. We don't want to be stuck with additional dead money from the contract. That way, in, you know, for a player, we're going to have to, we think we might have to cut anyway. And I, 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 I love hearing that, that they're going to have Marcus Peters back. And I love Marcus Peters, the player, but, uh, but that's a big contract to have on both sides uh, at cornerback if, if they bring him back. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who plays like a Raven. Like, I know that that term kind of gets thrown around a bit, but he has that swag. He really connects to the defense. Like, I think everybody on the defense loves him, as, mm-hmm. as do the fans. And uh, it, it is nice that they have some flexibility there if they really choose to do that. But I think that ultimately he's going to be brought back. He's going to be extended for a few years. I think the uh, Ravens brass really like Peters. Okay, well, let's hope that one works out. Now, let's talk UFAs here and and the guys who might still be cut um, in this. So, where would you like to start there? Sure. So, I'll, we can talk about some of the uh, the smaller guys, ultimately. Let's, let's just go under the assumption that Davon is not going to be on the Ravens next year. So, mm-hmm. they're ultimately then going to have a hole at that slot nickel position. I didn't mention this before, but one of the possible fills at slot would be moving Stevens to slot, where he played a lot in college. Uh, he played all over in college, including changes on a down-by-down basis, but he did play a, a fair amount in the slot. Is that a reasonable assumption that, that he would move there, or do you see him more as a guy who covers a tight end in the slot? I, I think it's pretty reasonable. I mean, Brandon Stevens is very much in the Ravens vein of outside corner too. I don't think that he's going to play outside corner, but yeah, I mean, he's six foot 32 inch arms, you know, ran a four, four, uh, four, four, four. So he's, he's got the build. I mean, that's Humphrey. And for comparison is six foot 32 and two eighth inch arms and it ran a four, four, one. So they have very similar builds in terms of that regard. So I think Stevens would be, on the taller end of a slot guy. But I think that when he was playing his best last season, I think that was when he was kind of that third or fourth, like corner on the field. And I think, yeah, he could, he could fill in pretty admirably there. Okay. So you've kind of divided the cornerback class into more of these aircraft carrier types, which the Ravens have collected with, we talked about this, I think, a little bit in the production meeting, have, have collected with extraordinary regularity. Uh, you know, guys who, who have the length and size and most of the speed they need to play on the outside, um, but really don't make good slot corners. And it's very unusual, by the way, extremely unusual. Most teams tend to accumulate too many guys who would, would be better in the slot because they might lack the size or length to play on the outside, but the Ravens so strongly bias their selections and signings towards bigger players that they, they really have run into just the opposite where their really good nickelback couldn't stay healthy for several years now. And they, in for several years, they haven't had another guy and that included, you know, letting a player like Darius Williams go. Yeah. And that's um, talking about the whole Stevens thing. Uh, putting putting all that in context, Marlon Humphrey is still the best slot corner on the Ravens. And I think we all know that, but he's also probably the best corner on the Ravens in general. So Stevens has a very similar build to Humphrey, and that doesn't 
you know, mean that he can't play the slot like some of these smaller guys. Right. Okay. Well, we'll see about the change of direction skills and, and, and what that really uh, comes down to. And I agree with you. I think that Humphrey's actually being compromised somewhat by being put in the slot, even though he's the best Ravens best slot. Now he's, he's still better on the outside with when he's uh, when he can play there. Is by the whenever I see that, by the way, that really physical um, characteristics, especially a guy who likes to baseball bat the other player um, with his arms after the catch, it's really an outside corners characteristic. You don't get to use that weapon as much on the inside because you don't have the sideline there to help you. You don't have the sideline there to trap the opponent and and force him to try and stay in bounds, and then you get to use your club. Uh, it, it's uh, it's just not the same position at all. It's very complex in terms of obviously doing the other things in terms of rushing the passer. And do you really want to want to put a guy like Humphrey in there and risk him as a run defender? But but slot corner has a lot of run defense requirements, so you have to you have to kind of do that. Um, it's just I. I, I I personally have felt, and obviously I've been a fairly outspoken critic of the fact that Humphrey really shouldn't be in the slot if the Ravens have any way to avoid it. And the way to avoid it is to make sure you have a backup in the slot for, for your your primary guy, even if that's not Tavon. Uh, you want to have a backup there too. Well, you put your premium players in their premium positions, right? Outside corner is a premium position. Slot corner is less so. I mean, it, I would say slot corner is kind of – priced in the same realm in terms of APY contracts as center, tight end, safety. All of them are kind of undervalued positions in the NFL. Yeah. But in the in the same, you know, context, I think even the Rams had Jalen Ramsey, who many consider to be the best corner in the NFL. I think he had some slot versatility in, in the last year as well. So I think, you know, maybe the NFL is changing a little bit in terms of outside corners playing in the slot. Yeah, it's a size and shape position, and that's a size and shape phenomenon. What you're describing there is that there's since there's so many more guys who are between five nine and six feet, or five nine and five eleven, say, um, who have the change of direction skills to play inside, um, and there's many fewer of the aircraft carriers with real speed that are wanted on the outside. Uh, it's it, that size and shape is like what happens at left tackle with the very limited number of men alive who can play that position really well, have the good feet, have the size, have the length that you want to play that position. Uh, at slot corner, even though the, the position is more complicated and involves more communication, more uh, ability to be versatile, rush the passer and whatnot, and those change of direction skills are also kind of hard to find, I think that's really the economic phenomenon that's driving the fact that slot corners tend to be paid significantly less than their outside uh, counterparts. Yeah, and uh, and I think this unrestricted free agent class, I think really it looks very very strong for the uh, undersized corner. Mm. I will say it's it's a little bit harder to find specific slot versus outside alignment, so it's it's much easier to differentiate the corners based on whether or not what what height what their arm length is because that generally distinguishes them as kind of Ken was talking about a little bit before, but. One guy who's probably going to be the top of market for this, you know, slot corner range is DJ Reed. And uh, DJ Reed has been playing with the Seahawks. He is only 26 years old, or he will be 26 this upcoming season. He's had really strong play the last couple of seasons, and he had just about a thousand snaps last year, which probably means he played a bit on the outside as well. But he is 
you know, five, five, nine, 30, 31 and a half inch arms. So he kind of fits that mold of a slot guy pretty well. And if, you know, this is kind of one of those discussions on roster buildings in general. And I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier about some of the lesser valued positions in the NFL. This is an area that if the Ravens ultimately get rid of Tavon Young, they could look to make a top market decision at the uh, slot cornerback. And maybe that will be the way that they fortify their cornerback room. And a guy like DJ Reed would be perfect in that realm. Yeah, Reed is, a, Reed is certainly a good player, and he's young, and, and both those things are positive. If they're going to go with him, I think they might actually just give the position to Ardarius Washington. There's some question as whether Washington is a safety, and, and he might be a back-end ball hawk guy to play in a dime package, you know, a guy who plays split safety in the dime, or whether he would come up and, and play slot corner, uh, where he's probably got as good change of direction skills as as almost anyone on the team anyway. Uh, Reed, you're going to pay a lot of money for. Uh, Washington is a little bit slower, but uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure the Ravens would spend the money at slot corner like that. But we'll see. We'll see how this comes out. I don't know his career interception total. I see he had two last year, but I don't know how many he's doing for his career. It looks like he has four career interceptions, two the year before as well. Uh Certainly, like Averett, he's kind of had an ascending snap total, which is something I like to see uh, year over year, and certainly been a been a improving as a player. Good, good player. I just think at age twenty six, he's he's going to draw some real money and interest. Well, the thing with it is, uh, I think I was looking at the just the APY contracts and in terms of corners and really their height combination. I believe. Dory Jackson is probably the highest paid corner that's in that, I think, 510 range. And he's making 13 million annual. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and he, I believe, is an outside corner for the most part. And he has some first round pedigree. I don't think that Reed has that same allure to him. So, if the Ravens were going to make a big move at the slot corner position, I would expect it to be in that eight to ten million dollar range, not anything more than that. Uh, yeah, I mean that that would be their big contract that they would be signing this offseason, I would expect, unless they make a number of moves to to free up space. So uh, they it, they could do that. Um, you know this do. Are you thinking it's so likely, based on the shows we've done already, that that they're going to sign an offensive tackle, a defensive lineman? Or, you know, I, we could talk about whether or not a free safety might be more likely than a than a corner. But uh, given all the needs on this team, where do where do you think they really spend their money, if any, on a pre-draft signing? On a pre-draft, I think if they were to. I believe it's in the secondary. I think that ultimately, based on the other shows that we did, there's not a lot of premium, unrestricted, and um, cut position talent on the offensive line and the defensive line as there is in the secondary. And um, similarly, there will be a few edge rushers out there, so they could put it there. But I, I would say it would be between edge rusher and secondary, and that includes the safety position as well. There is a, a number of guys in that realm, that, but we'll talk about that on a different show. Yeah. 
All right. So DJ Reed's an interesting one. Who else? Who else is there? Who's fairly young? I think another guy is, and I was kind of clamoring for the Ravens to trade for him earlier in the uh, season. Is Dante Jackson um, from the Carolina Panthers? He's in that same mold. I think he's 27 uh, or will be in the upcoming season. He had fairly solid snap totals. I think he plays similarly on the outside. So he has some versatility there and he's, I think he was the fastest guy that I saw on this list um, running at a uh, four, three, two. Um, so I think that the uh, Ravens could definitely find a place for him on the roster, but similarly, I think Dante Jackson may command a bit more than that $10 million range contract, which is why the Ravens wouldn't ultimately sign him. I saw he's injured at the end of last year, and I don't remember what it was. Um, but he had, he probably had a better year in 2020. Um, certainly, uh, he's been been pretty much a full time player since he was a second round draft pick as a rookie uh, with the Panthers. But uh, but I don't know what ended his season this last year, and I need to I need to find that out. So I think that would color a lot of what we're what we're saying about. Where he, how he I just in with this Googled game. it. I think he had a toe injury. Or, oh, sorry, it was a groin and maybe a bit of a toe injury. So the, those groin injuries can be a little bit worrying sometimes in the same realm as the uh, the knee and the uh, like the ankle foot injuries, right? But ultimately, I think with a full off season of rehab, I think he'd probably be fine to come back to the field. Mm-hmm. By the way, one of the corners who was on the team with Dante Jackson last year, and don't laugh, guys, Rashawn Melvin is still playing in the NFL. It's 2022. It was 2014 when Rashawn Melvin came in, made a huge splash with the Baltimore Ravens, and then uh, unfortunately got uh, got picked on a little bit by Tom Brady in that AFC divisional game. Yeah, he's another guy. I think he's an unrestricted free agent, uh, but I don't think the Ravens will look to bring him back. He's got to he's got to be fairly old by now. I don't honestly know his age at this time, but I'm going to look because definitely a player who we did a whole show on him uh, because 33, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, or he will be 33. I think that's a no. <laughs> if if you know, I would not mind it if he's a guy you bring back during the season because you're you're out of bodies. But that probably also means you're in a you're in a bad uh, position. That would really be coming full circle. The 2014 Ravens got Melvin because they were out of bodies, and the 2022 Ravens need to do the same. That's not a good sign. That's like that's like something that you'd see out of Major League as the plot. <laughs> well, I mean, there as as I've said, crazier things have happened. I mean, do you look at the Ravens? secondary room most of them were drafted in the usfl draft that just happened a few days ago and um i mean we saw weddle come back this year and played pretty admirably for the rams so crazier things have happened but i agree i would say most of the guys that we're talking about on this list are going to be below the age of 30 and even all of the corners on the ravens roster right now out outside of jimmy smith who's kind of a special case due to his history with the team, are all below 30. So another guy that I want to touch on real quick, and this is more actually on the outside corner realm, Mm -hmm. and it's a guy who gets picked on a lot, and I think that he's actually a pretty good player, is Kevin King with the uh, Green Bay Packers. And he 
had a little bit less snaps in the last season. He may, he may have been injured. I can't remember um, because I would expect him to have played a little bit more with the uh, Jair Alexander being out. But he's in that realm of he's 6'3", 32-inch arms, ran a 4-4-3, right in that Ravens prototype corner model. It's huge. And because he has such a stigma around the league, he's a guy that the Ravens could get for a little bit cheaper. And the Packers are in a really poor cap situation, so they may not be able to re-sign him. So he might be kicking out to free agency. And it's similar with Dante Jackson. The uh, Panthers last season put in a lot of resources into the corner room. Um, They might be looking to get Gilmore back instead of Dante Jackson. So some of these guys actually could be in the free agent market that the uh, Ravens are looking at. Okay. Definitely a guy who uh, is an outside corner at 6'3", 200, and really nothing else. But he's he's a boundary defender. Won't be 27 until May. So... Yeah, that's intriguing. Um, you know, guy who wouldn't probably have been on my radar, but that's a that's a good catch there. That uh, uh, that he had a, what appears to be a pretty good year for the Packers this last year. So, uh, and how many how many snaps did he play? Because he pretty low. It was in the three hundreds. Yeah, there you go. 300, 300 and change. But he played. I believe it was about seven hundred snaps the year before, and. Mm-hmm. Many people kind of look at him with his postseason performance as not the best in the world, but he's still a young guy, still developing, has the perfect mold of corner for the outside. And, hey, Ravens are trying to do it with Westry right now. Kevin King's a little bit smaller than Westry, but he has the, uh, I think he was another first-round player. He might have been second round, I think. He's 33rd overall pick, so he's a day one first pick. Yeah, so pretty close to first round player mm-hmm. there. So it's yeah, he could develop into a great corner in the NFL. All right, that uh, that's a, that's an intriguing choice. If if the Ravens were to take him, he's a guy that the Ravens are really looking at his traits and saying we can make him be better than he was in Green Bay. So uh, I trust them if they if they if they think he's a guy they can they can uh, get something more out of him than the Packers did. Who else is on your list? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about another guy who's in that same realm. Right? I don't think he ultimately ended up being a first-round corner, but he was in conversation previous to his injury as Sidney Jones. And he played with the Seahawks last season. He's only 26. I think he was in the same draft class as Marlon Humphrey. And I know he was a guy that, a lot of people linked to the Ravens before his injury. I think that was an Achilles injury as well. Right before the uh, the draft, he might have gotten it during his 40-yard dash, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And he ended up playing over 700 snaps this last season, played pretty well. And, you know, he's a guy that, hey, he's playing more and more snaps every year. He's got decent build. He's got 31 and a half inch arms six foot and in the four fours right so he's a guy that similarly could be on the cheaper side of players that the ravens could get and you know i know that we did talk about players with an injury history is a little bit worrying for the ravens to go out and get but if it is at a bit of a discount then by all means why not take a try 
Yeah, I, I, I think he meets a lot of what the Ravens look for in an outside corner. He might be a little bit underweight, but he's he's not till 26 until May, so that's good. That's really nice to be able to pick up a young corner on the market like that. There's not a lot of options that are that young in free agency. Um, I, I'd be intrigued by that as well. If, if, uh, if he was the guy, I think, um, I, I think I'd, I'd trust the Ravens on that pick too. Uh, didn't really, I mean, it's interesting cause he didn't really succeed in Philadelphia in his time there. Uh, so he's a kind of a big bust as a draft, as a second round pick for them. Uh, then went to Jacksonville for a year and then Seattle for a year. So he's already kind of been a journeyman. But, uh, you know, last year, certainly his best year in terms of snaps. He played a lot more than he ever had previously. So, uh, you know, maybe, could be. Purely an outside corner there, by the way. And he's, he's, not an, he's not a slot guy at all. Yeah, that's one of those things that um, takes away some of my worry in terms of his injury history mm-hmm. is the fact that he played a decent number of snaps uh, in the last season. And he played pretty well through those snaps. The issue ultimately is, I think we talked about this on another one of the podcasts, that the Seattle ha- is sitting with actually a pretty decent cap situation, and that's only going to get better if they end up trading Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And if they want to bring him back, they see that he did well. You know, he's still young, Dale, and ultimately the Seattle is looking to, to redevelop their secondary as shown by their Jamal Adams trade a few years back, he's probably a guy that they would like to bring back. But if he hits the market, you know, Ravens could step in to give him a contract. Right. Seattle, if, if they do let Russell Wilson go and they go to the draft, they'll have a they'll have a discount. If they let Russell Wilson go and then they go to free agent market, which I don't think would make a lot of sense, honestly. I think they just ought to extend Russell Wilson if they're going to do that. Um, then it's still going to cost them a lot because they, they have twenty six million of of dead money. They'd have to they'd have to eat this season uh, to to cut Russell Wilson. So that's a uh, you know they, they save more than that in terms of cap. So you you uh, would still save eleven million in terms of his uh, his cap number if they if they cut him. But uh, but it's not uh, it's not the kind of great. Bonanza, since he still has two years left on his deal, that uh, that you can get with other players. Do you know what it would be if they designate him as a June one trade? Um, a, a, a pre June one is eleven million, uh, twenty six million. Uh, that's dead money in cap savings. I'm looking at OTC. I think twenty six million. Yeah, twenty six million is dead money because he's got thirteen million in prorated bonus each of the next two years. Got it. So, so yeah. a little bit, a little bit different if he's a June one designation. So I would assume that's probably what they would ultimately do if the uh, situation is soured there. But you know, with Seattle, there's a lot of factors. Pete Carroll is actually the oldest coach in the NFL right now. So if they ultimately end up trading Russ, I would see probably Pete Carroll is not going to be in the league much longer. Mm-hmm. Is, is there any other player, either a UFA or – so is there anybody who's really looking to be cut? We haven't really talked about that. Any of the any of the decent cornerbacks with big numbers? It seems like Marcus Peters might be the best chance of the good cornerbacks to be cut. And, you know, he's obviously a guy on the Ravens right now. 
I'll, I'll talk about two guys. I'll talk about one outside guy and I'll talk about one slot guy. And the first one will be James Bradbury. And I think that James Bradbury is a guy that a lot of people have talked about potentially being cut this off season. The giants right now, Bradbury's team are sitting in a pretty poor cap position of about 11 million over the cap right now. And if they cut Bradbury, that would, they would save 12 million in the cap. He had a little bit of a down year in 2021, but he was one of the better corners in the NFL in 2020. And he's still, you know, only 28 years old. So the Ravens could look to play him outside. And the other guy that I want to touch on is Bradley Roby. Now, Bradley Roby is only one year older, so he's going to be 29, I think, this season. The Saints also in a very poor cap situation. I believe they saved $27 million today. So they're still looking at being over the cap of about $45 million or so. And cutting Roby would save them about $9.5 million. Now, Roby would be that, well, that slot guy. He's 5'11". He's 31 and a half-inch arms. He ran a 4'3'9". That matters a little bit less once you're later in your career. But I think Roby has historically played really well in the slot. And he could be one of those guys that the Ravens bring in to bring more of a veteran slot presence to the uh, corner room. Has he? Did you check, has Bradley Roby been playing there uh, in the slot? I honestly don't know, but I think he's, he's known as a slot guy, even though he's a little bit bigger. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't able to check that specifically, but but I'm assuming, I think he played slot when he was a member. So I I, th- I think that's, you know, he, he would slot right in. He hasn't played a whole lot of snaps for the Saints the last couple of seasons. But yeah. so he, he would be a guy that the Ravens probably wouldn't want to sign to a huge deal. Yeah, look at, looking at my, uh, you know, PFF screen here, it looks like, most of his snaps career-wise, he's got about uh, – I won't say the exact number because I'm not supposed to give away numbers directly from PFF, but he's got about a three-to-one relationship on snaps outside versus slot career. Oh, okay. So – and a lot of – by the way, if you look at those numbers, if you see a slot number and it and it seems like, oh, my God, he played 25% of his snaps in the slot, I thought he was only an outside corner. That's still probably the case because it, it, it could be a case of motion – where he's in man coverage and he has to he has to slide to cover an outside receiver that's in motion, it can it can be a lot of things. Even if he's just changing side of the field, he ends up having a, a box rating on him or a, uh, a a slot rating sometimes, depending on how far that motion has gone at the snap. So, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that, other than to say the general trend is going to be the position he plays most uh, in the outside. You're going to be able to notice if it's in that uh, corner column. And uh, is there anything you wanted to touch on with uh, James Bradbury as well? Um, not really. Um, I'm, uh, you know, obviously he's, a, he's one of the bigger numbers that's out there. Uh, don't know where exactly he'll fit this year. I mean, obviously coming off uh, not his best year, but still, what, 28 years old, roughly, Bradbury? Let's see. He is 28. Yep. That okay. is right. So, you know, it's, it, it be a possibility um, in terms of, of, of where he is. Uh, um, hmm. I don't have yeah. any real thoughts. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch the Giants a ton this last year. Uh, 
he, he played better, it seems, when he was at Carolina. But, uh, you know, it, uh, he's been a guy, a durable guy. You can at least say that about him. I think he played pretty well for the Giants last year. Or in, um, last year, meaning 2020. I think he was one of the better okay. corners in the NFL. Yes. Um, and that's if the Ravens were to sign him, that's probably what they would look to recapture. Right? Mm-hmm. He's still under 30, so it's perfectly reasonable to expect that. But Bradbury is one of the bigger name corners in the NFL, right? Because of that season um, in 2020. So I, I would imagine that he would command in that, you know, upwards of $12 million contract. I mean, if, if you look, the Adoree Jackson, I think was cut last season and to sign with the giants and he got 13 million a year as a cut. So it's not completely out of question that big contracts can go to cut guys. Right. Right. It's just uh, particularly now with the, with the recovery from the COVID cap, a lot of teams having to make moves they wouldn't make normally to cut players and to, and to make cap space. That's, that's one of the reasons I really like what the Ravens have done to try and be more cap conscious, despite having a fairly uh, difficult situation at, at, at cap. They've, they at least they haven't gone down and spent their last dollar and created a bunch of void deals and whatnot. Uh, I'm not aware the Ravens have even one of those right now in the books, whereas a lot of other NFL teams have have put a lot of money on the credit card that hopefully will come back and bite them in the rear end while the Ravens uh, are able to pick up some bargains. Yeah, they, uh, I think the Ravens are one of the few teams in the NFL that didn't use any of those void years, yeah. which is um, pretty pretty wild. Because they, they weren't they didn't have the best cap situation last year. No, either. terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was, so. it, was, it was awful. They were in a position you know, during the season where they were literally uh, keeping a, a roster at 51 and 52 players just because picking up a 52nd and 53rd was going to count against the cap. And it was, it was masterfully managed in, as, as far as I'm concerned. So it's, uh, very, very clever what they were able to do. One of the things that comes through in, in, in going through this is just how much Anthony Averett should command given where he, where he is relative to some of these other guys. I mean, he's an exciting um, player. He's still fairly young. Um, he, he, he's probably still ascending. Um, you know, the Ravens have a guy they're losing to the market, apparently, uh, who would be, you know, they'd probably be happy to have back at, uh, you know, the same or, or lower or a little bit lower money than, than some of the big names that are out here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to like touch on just a small thing too, one, one of the guys that's on this free agent list, and I know that he plays more of a special teams role than a corner role, but He's fairly low on this list of total players in terms of production, mm-hmm. and he's still under 30, right? Is uh, Siren Neal with uh, Buffalo. He ended up getting a three-year, uh, about $11 million contract for a special teams deal. So that just really goes to show you the value of some of these corner positions in the NFL. They're, they're all going to command decent contracts. So that's really why... The Ravens should look to restrict do the restriction tender for Westry because the special team guys are making you know three million dollars a year at the uh, corner position. It's a pretty premium position in the NFL, especially with it seems every single year there's a new crop of really excellent 
wide receivers coming out of the draft. And when you look at the AFC North, I know that the Browns, you know, maybe their receiver core is getting a little bit worse over time, but people's Jones is still a fast ascending player. And Mm -hmm. the Steelers have a lot of good young receivers as do, as we know, the Bengals have a lot of good young receivers. So you really need to be able to counter balance these strong wide receiver groups with a strong secondary. Right. Really kind of forces you to, to have a double slot situation. Now this is one place where I I don't mind having Humphrey move in as the second slot when other teams go to four wide receivers on the field. But we saw a couple of years ago during the the COVID game in Baltimore uh, in 2020, that the, the Steelers played a lot of 0-1 personnel with, with one tight end and, uh, and four wide receivers, and they were able to come back with this little dink-and-dunk offense in the second half effectively by spreading the Ravens too thin at cornerback. And they had Terrell Bonds, I believe, was the guy who ended up being uh, on the field at, at slot, uh, one of the two slot corner spots, and, and that really hurt. That really hurt the Ravens uh, that, that you're often – as weak as your weakest link in those situations. And, and the Steelers didn't have any impressive drives to make that comeback in the second half, but they, uh, uh, they got it done with a lot of dink and dunk offense. Yeah. Corner is definitely one of those positions that the less you hear about the player, the better that player. Oh yeah. Is. Yeah. Less targets is always good. Connor, always a pleasure to have you on. This is a great show. And, and I really appreciate you, uh, you know, going through a lot of these players and, it's good to look at these mid-range players. A lot of the names you brought up are very intriguing. They're, they're players I wouldn't necessarily have been thinking of. And, uh, and really good choices, I think, in terms of, of who might be a reasonable uh, dollar amount. Some of these guys, I, I think, will probably be more dollars than the Ravens are willing to spend at the position. But we'll see. Uh, it's not unreasonable, particularly if they let Peters go, that the Ravens would spend a lot of money at corner. And it might not even be unreasonable if they, if they re-sign Peters. Uh, to sign a slot corner for for some decent amount of money, so they they, they give themselves a decent foundation of three players to to stay with. Yeah, I mean, if the Ravens were to let Peters go, I think that would ultimately signal that they're going all in in this corner market. I think that that's when you start talking about some of the guys like J.C. Jackson coming to Baltimore. But if Peters is going to be on the roster, I think that whole that's a bit of a pipe dream to hope yeah, for something like out. that to happen. All right. Connor, tell people where they can find your work online. Yep. So just on Twitter um, at uh, Raven CPA. And if you want to talk football, just talk to me on Twitter. Outstanding. And other folks out there, if you'd like to do a show on fixing the Ravens, I'm still lining up those shows. Uh, send me a DM on Twitter. They're open and love to hear from you. Narrow topic, something we can get to the bottom of in about 25 minutes and, and really go into some depth. And uh, Connor, really appreciate having you on. Thanks for having me on, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.